Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, App, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you the same. And we're here to talk baseball today. Baseball's got some things going on, and depending on who you are and where you are, some of it might not be that exciting. In fact, it might be a little bit infuriating. And if you're a New York fan, that means it's probably, I don't know, 68 to 74% chance you're a Yankees fan, I'd say. I might be fair. You're probably frustrated as well. So between sticky balls and the Yankees, it's tough right now for baseball. But if we're talking pets, we got some excitement. That all being said, we got the designated hitters here with us today. First and foremost, my guy, Alec Argento. What's up? It's been a minute. What's up? How's my energy? It's good. It's better than it was before. Pete was very low energy, very low T prior to the... uh the podcast starting and I had to call him out for it. I, I appreciate that you did and I feel like I brought it. I, I, I'm like the lights turned on and I turned on as well. But it's all about sustainability. If you're not going to do it for the entire hour of the podcast, you might as well not do it at all. That's fair. So the only, only God and the listener can be the judge of that. So I guess we'll see. Andrew, maybe you could be the judge as well. How are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Ready to talk about, um, you know, the topics uh, that's not only on the forefront of uh, sports fans, but the nation as well. Rick and Morton season five coming out on Sunday. Who's pumped? You could have went so many different directions there. And I swear I never I would have guessed Loki. I would have guessed David. Dave. Yes, David, if you will, which I am. (laughs) I'm so excited about both of those shows. I know you guys saw episode two of Loki already. I'm behind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Dave. Are you guys Dave on FX on Wednesday night? I don't even know if you watch Dave Andrew, but, or are you a next day on Hulu guy? I'm I'm a next next day day on next day on Hulu guy. No commercials, man. Oh, well I I have the cheap Hulu because I get it for free from Spotify. Shout out Spotify. Don't take that away, please. (laughs) So I have commercials on Hulu. But I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take what I can get. I, I, I mooch someone's password who has, who has the, uh, the commercial free. Now, so. now they know. Wait, Pete, are you are you team cable at the new apartment? Nah, come on. You think I got cable so boxes up in here? What I got. Are you using? I got. I got a. I got my ways. I got. I got some uh, parentals, uh, stream TV situation okay. things going on. A little eight, a little AT and T. How you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's actually gotcha. pretty. It's pretty nice. The Sixers just lost. Speaking of AT and T, now I can close this tab out. Being that Wild. the Sixers just lost by three to the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young, the world is crumbling in some ways in that regard. I don't know what's going on in the NBA. We're not here to talk NBA, but just super, super quickly. Uh, three coaches were fired today. A GM was fired today. The Sixers are down 3-2. Kevin Durant just put up one of the most ridiculous games, literally of all time. It's not, not hyperbolic. Um, the Bucks, who aren't hurt, they're the only team in the playoffs left who aren't hurt. And they can't put it together. It's just it's just silliness. It's madness. And doing a podcast today is almost crazy because by tomorrow, the NBA is all over the place again. And that's why we're talking about baseball, I guess, for now. And talking about baseball, because we're going to obviously talk about 
the fantastic run the Mets are on. And the fantastic run is probably a little strong. But the nice run the Mets are on, they're playing really good, competitive, inspired baseball. And the Yankees we're going to talk about as well where, you know, two in a row. We like that. But inspired baseball is not a phrase you would have used uh, to describe the Yankees, especially over the past, you know, two to three weeks. But before we get into all that, we have to get into something else first. It's my game, and I dictate how I want my balls to be rubbed up. And if you didn't do a good job of rubbing the balls the way I wanted them and I didn't feel like I was comfortable, <laughs> I was going to do whatever. <laughs> I'm so happy that you led with that quote because I was, if I was going to go Rick and Morty, I was going to talk about the way I wanted my balls rubbed uh, <laughs> as the opening. That was, that was, it was going one or two ways. And I'm so happy you played that quote because Pedro Martinez, uh, just the greatest quote of all time. <laughs> it's so, it's so great because, you know, did he have to repeat the word balls so many times? No, but I, he, knew, I, he knew what he was saying. Other no knew way he, he knew abs- what he was. There's no way Pedro knew what he was saying. That, that's Pedro to a T. Yeah, I'm with Alec. There's no way he realized he said he said balls in that matter and rubbing balls that many times in one sentence. Like he just didn't notice, and perhaps he noticed after, or somebody was like, "Hey," uh, or he got sent the meme, if you will, by some yeah. of his friends. And uh, either way, it's fantastic. Perhaps the only people in the world upset about that. Or like the MLB network execs were like, now we got to like put out a statement about him. He didn't mean it or something. No, but no the, statement for that. You no, that I don't fly. know. That let it fly. I mean, I'm happy to let it fly. That's, that's amazing. Like, that's like how on network TV you could say like ass or bitch because <laughs> it can mean something else. It's the same exact thing. You can leave that and you can just use plausible deniability on that. Oh, it was so, it's so good. I mean, and also I feel, him. you know, if I, if I were him, I would want my balls rubbed a, a certain way as well. <laughs> If you're a Hall of Famer, you know, you you deserve that. You work your whole life to get that. You're a, you're accustomed to getting your balls rubbed a certain way if you're a Hall of Famer. Have a whole team of people just to rub your balls. I'm sorry. Like, I know this is low-hanging fruit, no pun intended, <laughs> but, uh, like, it'll never not be funny. Like, I'm pushing 30, and this joke is just as funny as if I was 10 years old. Like, it, uh. it, it'll it's just fantastic. No, sorry. I'm, I was drinking a sip of water there. But do you consider yourself pushing 30? Yeah, I'm tw- I'm 28. Oh Jesus, right? I forgot. I'm, all, I'm a young yeah. I'm a young buck. I'm I'm, I'm well I'm well into my 30s, and I <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing I've I've heard in a in a long time. Uh, it really is good, and I'm glad we got a kick out of it. Hopefully, uh, it put some smiles on at least a couple people's faces uh, while they're maybe driving to work, like some people do nowadays. It's brutal out here commuting. Yikes. Oh, unbelievable. That's why my energy was low. But it doesn't matter because now we're talking to the designated hitters, and that's Andrew Kalanya. I forgot to actually introduce you. I think I just said, what's up, Andrew? And that needs no introduction. Needs no. no introduction. And then Alec Argento, based off the um, participation, if you will, in this podcast, I would say Andrew does not need an introduction, and someone else, Alec, might need the introduction. Is that fair to say? No, I, I go way. I, I'm grandfathered in. I'm way back. That's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm indoctrinated. I was on, like, episode two of the show. Yeah, that's that, you know what? Yeah. Fair, count fair. it. Fair. I, fair. I, I won't, I won't take that coming my way. Uh, th- this goes back to my parents' basement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> back to the air conditioner days. Uh, <laughs> only OGs really get that. So, anyways, we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about baseball, and there really is one place to start, and it's about the balls. It's about the sticky stuff. Oh God, that one wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> it, n- never mind. We're gonna keep it moving. So, 
<laughs> it's, it's the funniest baseball <laughs> pun since the Astros banging scheme. Oh, now we're banging balls? <laughs> Sticky yeah, stuff? Bang. This yeah, is terrible. Oh, man. It's, Alex, it's, stop it's, looking it's, at me like that in the Zoom, okay? So, so I just want to clap back, man. That's all I want to do. I want to clap back on that comment. <laughs> I just want to. He wants to clap those cheeks. Oh, now that oh, one. Come on, dude. Dude. That's a little too on the nose, man. <laughs> you really dropped the ball on that one. All right. Focus. Everybody focus. We're back, and here we are. We're going to talk about the sticky stuff, and it's spider tack. It could be sunblock and resin. It can be – there's a lot of different options. It could be anything. There's it a could, lot of things. It could, it, some would say it ends up in a sock. <laughs> <laughs> this is so off the rails. Uh, it's over, cut it. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting. If you think I'm cutting this, you're absolutely uh, out of your mind. I just, I just hope nobody's just, mature enough to have this conversation. I just really hope that this isn't one of the episodes where like some teachers at the school I now work at decide to listen, or like you know my dad turns it on for the first time and like and wants to just be proud of me or something like that. Listen, your dad's been watching baseball a long time. He knows how ball should be handled. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. So the gist of the story is there's pitchers using different items, different liquids and whatnot to help the grip of their hand to, some would say, control the ball better. Some would say to put less strain on their fingers, arm, and et cetera. Some would say to increase spin rate. Some would say most of the, the first things I said were BS. And it's all about the spin rate. But as uh, Garrett Cole said, which I thought was, you know, quite wise, despite his long pause and a couple <laughs> of stumbles on his way there, he's like, people have been doing things of this nature as pitchers for a long time. And generations pass down this, which turns into that. And maybe this product's a little bit better than that product. And he basically was saying, like, this isn't new. This isn't out of the ordinary. It's not... Um, you know, breaking the unwritten rules so hard that everybody should be shocked and in awe and up in arms at all these pitchers. In, in that regard, I agreed with him. And he was put in a really tough spot. And I totally get all the people in media and fans who are like, he blew that because he said three words and then paused for four seconds, five seconds maybe, and then stumbled into this answer. So it's tough. Tyler Glass now has now been injured. He actually is saying it has a lot to do with him not using any substances to control. Oh, the he grip, said it has everything to do with it. True. He said everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, no, go one sorry, second. One the, second. The crazy part. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going <laughs> to say last thing is like, there's a lot of ways to look at this. One thing that I don't want us to overlook is how baseball is handling it. Cause I think that in my opinion becomes the biggest story here. So Andrew, go ahead. Talk about your experience with the sticky stuff and what you feel about all the the pitchers talking about it and how baseball's handling it. Basically well, just take yeah, it from they're, here. they're handling it the same way they handled the steroid uh, controversy in the 90s. They knew about it. They there's there's a video of Yadier Molina back in 2017 where the ball just inexplicably was sticking off of his his chest protector. Does everyone remember that everyone remembers that video? Like distinctly and everyone MLB even wrote an article about it. It was like uh, Yadier Molina defies the laws of physics and the ball is sticking. We, we have no idea how this happened. Like, uh, come on, man. This is, this has always been a thing. They've been, they've been using rods and sunscreen since the 80s. David Cohn's been talking about that. And of course, baseball is aware of this and they've allowed it to, to fester. And then all of a sudden now it's the player's fault. 
Now, all of a sudden, you know, we're not talking about how MLB deadened the balls this year. It's it's clearly the pitcher's fault who, who's been using the sticky stuff. And I'm sure it contributed, and I'm sure it's um, a factor into, the, you know, the deadened offense in baseball this year. But it's not the only reason. And it's not, you know, and, and it's it, – I, I just find it hard to believe that – anyone is surprised that this is happening and like at any time that a pitcher has pine tar you know unless they're being super obvious about it like how Pineda did up at Fenway a couple of years ago um you know nobody's calling each other out on it unless it's they're super obvious because everyone's doing it and that and that's that's the whole thing no one calls each other out because everyone knows that their guys are doing it and, and I just can't I can't believe that that MLB would would come out in 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 the middle of the season, not even at the All Star break, not even uh, just snapping their fingers, saying, "Okay, now we're now we're giving suspensions out. Now we're you know we're testing the balls. Now we're you know we're test we're you know you want to talk about pace of play? You're gonna you're gonna test the pitcher every beginning of the game and between innings. Like it, it it's a bunch of malarkey." Yeah, I mean, I, just to piggyback off that, like that's the whole problem is that there's no culpability on the MLB at all. And you know that Manfred is going to use this as, a, as an excuse to throw like the, the manager on third base for the third inning only in a four out inning. You know, that's going to be some wacky, wacky rule that is in response to this that nobody wanted. So they're not going to address it in, in any way that it is meaningful. And the problem, too, in addition to what, uh, what, what Drew was just saying um, about, you know, doing this in the middle, uh, the middle of the season is that differentiation too between like okay if you want to say spider attack is an issue sure i think a lot of people can get behind that you, you you've seen videos of how of, of, of really how egregious it is but the sunscreen and pine tar that's been going on forever there's a rosin bag on the mound i mean these are things that are part of the game and you're going to see a ton of injuries going forward if, if, if Glasnow is any, any sign of it. Spin rates are immediately down if you look across the board. Everyone was using it to some degree, using some kind of uh, sticky stuff. And it's, it's all a, just a scapegoat for MLB deadening the balls, like Drew just said. It, it's, it's always a misdirection with Manfred because nobody hates baseball more than, Man, than Rob Manfred. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think another thing, too, is you look at – I, you always got to look at the response around the league and outside of Josh Donaldson, who's, an, you know, I, I don't like, really like to curse on the show, but he's an asshole. Mm. Um, everyone in the league is, is saying that this is a ridiculous response to it. You have Carlos uh, Rodon, I never know how to pronounce it, Rodon, Rodon Rondon. whatever it is. No. Rondon, yeah. Oh, wow. um, he, you know, talking about how, again, that the Astros had no, uh, you know, uh, repercussions for their, what, what they had done. Tyler Glasnow, who I, I don't really care for, but he did a six-minute, you know, breakdown of Great everything job. that was going on. Garrett Cole. So all of your favorite pitchers, they're all saying this. They're and, and this is not like a this year thing. This has been the entire history of modern baseball, too. So yeah, no, it's a great job by both of you guys. And the Glasnow thing was great. I'm so happy he went into specific depth. He was like, This is how the baseballs come out. This is what happens when we don't use something like this. And I forget who else was talking about the inconsistencies. You can get two balls in an inning that are completely different feels, can completely different, um, you know, seam seam structure at that point in time. You know how much they've been used or how much rub they got going on, which is why Pedro and many other pitchers like to have their balls all rubbed out the same exact way 
and they do it. Some some people will do it themselves. Football quarterbacks are the same exact way. And now, you know, your mind goes straight to Tom Brady with the deflate gate BS and whatnot. But take away def- deflate gate, quarterbacks like to have their footballs a very specific feel, a very specific type of rub, like a certain type of wear. Like nobody likes a brand spanking new football or baseball or basketball. Like it needs a little bit of little bit of rub on it. It needs a little bit of something going on there. And the worst part about it is all what you guys just said. Because I'm the type of guy who is like, I'm over all this Astro stuff. Like, I don't even want to hear about it. I'm tired of it. There's no more good trash can jokes. Like, it, also in like two weeks, maybe it's over already. But in two weeks, there's going to be no more good balls jokes. Yeah, you never know. Those kind of don't get old. But the trash can jokes to me, like, they were old and they were tired. And I kind of didn't care. And I was like, all right, everybody, get over it. The Astros did this. They didn't get punished. But now when something like this happens, fans have every single right and players have every single right to look at the league and be like, what the hell is good? Like, have an inch of consistency here. And for every Josh Donaldson, there's a guy like Pete Alonzo who's like, to be frank, I don't really care about the extra spin rate because I step into the box with so much more confidence that these guys aren't going to slip 98 past my chin by accident, right? So there's so many things going on here. And there's the culmination of the three-result game that baseball is becoming, home run, walk, or strikeout, mixed in with this with this sticky stuff situation here that just led to a point of combustion here in Major League Baseball where, like you said, Alec, and I think you might be spot on. I don't want to – I'm not a uh, tinfoil hat guy who's going to sit here and be like, oh, they're conspiring to cover this up and cover that up and the misdirect. But it's a completely plausible act here. And Pete Alonso said something that I would say initially is a little bit crazy to say out loud, but you think about it, and perhaps perhaps he's onto something. Maybe it's not 100% correct, but maybe there's something there. And what he basically said was, it's no coincidence that this happened right now because of the free agent class. You know, last year, there was a lot of pitcher free agents. Hitting was way up. This year, there's a lot of pitching free agents. Uh, or sorry, hitting free agent, pitching was way up and hitting's way down. He's like, they're they're doing this to save money. And now that's a little bit tinfoil hat to me, but the fact that players are talking about this, players are not afraid to say it out loud, tells me that they're fed up and they're not happy with the way their league's being governed. So you guys know more about the CBA and all that stuff that's coming up, but this is not like a, we move past this and two weeks later, nobody cares anymore because there's a lot of things riding and a lot of money riding for teams, networks, players, sponsors, everybody. This is a huge point for baseball where there hasn't been more superstars in this game in the past, what, like eight to ten years maybe? Like has there is there a, um, a healthier superstar pool today than there was since probably like the 09-ish range where like the Red Sox were sick, the Yankees were sick, and there was still some of the leftover stars from the earlier era? For marketable super, uh, superstars? Yeah, marketable yeah, superstars. That's, yeah. that's the difference because there's plenty of marketable superstars right now. You that's have what I'm talking about. Plenty of people that are fun. Yeah, I mean, and and even plenty of villains out there like the Trevor Bowers and everything like that. So uh, I, I absolutely couldn't agree more. But I I, I'll, I will say this, that I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with, with Pete Alonso there because if, if the owners just wanted to suppress salaries, all they had to do is just collude with each other and they've done that in the past. So they don't think they, I don't think they need to go through all the effort into changing the baseballs from year to year to do that. But I do think 
that being said, I do think that MLB does have a, a, a real problem and, uh, and which is crazy because they took over the production of the baseballs the last couple of years that they cannot consistently get a ball uh, to act the same way from year to year. And they said that the whole reason why they did is so they could have control over the production, so they can have that consistency. And all we've had is an inconsistent baseball from year to year to year, um, which is, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's like, that's the most egregious thing possible yeah. that baseball could do that you cannot have. That's like the number that it's, it's called baseball. Yeah. You have to have a consistent thing uh, uh, that people are using year in and year out. You can't just, go into a season and guess oh is it going to be uh more offensive uh more offensive baseball or is it going to be you know what they decided to do this year and, and and kill the baseball and it's just this whole sticky stuff thing is just a way to deflect them changing the baseball again i feel like that is their goal they, they put the onus on the players to put an onus on trying to divide the players going into probably the most important cba negotiation in the sports history and try to divide the players and, and to see if they can try to try to get one up on them uh, come this off season. So, you know, don't you, don't you think that it's actually done the opposite effect? Like, cause I agree that that's the mentality there. Don't you think that the players are, are closer than ever with, with their mentalities here, that everyone is speaking out against uh, major league baseball and particularly Rob Manfred and the decisions that are being made. I mean, you hear more outspoken players now than I can ever remember watching baseball. And I've been watching baseball my entire life. So I don't know. That, that, that's just my way of thinking. I feel like, well, yes, they did intend for that, but it's actually having the opposite effect. And what's going to happen is that it's going to be a bloodbath that CBA. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, uh, uh, Tony Clark and Rob Manfred do not like each other. They're both inept at their jobs. Uh, and they're going to go into this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then everyone's going to lose uh, because yeah. there's just so much divisiveness going into it. And the fan gets screwed over again. Like well, everyone really, does. You know it's what not I mean? just the fan. I mean, oh, of course. Like the, I, I'm not someone who typically sides with the players uh, just, I don't know, by my nature, but it's like the proof is in the pudding. It's, it's just hard to see it over and over again. And then like try to def- like defend, you know, the, the, the big corporation essentially uh, mm. of all the decisions they're making. Cause that's, it's, it's dumbfounding. Yeah. And I, like, like Andrew said, he didn't agree with Pete. I, I don't really agree with what Pete said, like the actual information that he stated. I think the fact that he was saying something like that out loud to the media is all I need to hear. Because, yeah, he can be off in his opinion. But the fact that players are... If he's saying that out loud, how many other players have a similar idea, have something that's not as far-fetched or as crazy, but just aren't saying it because they're covering their own ass or maybe they don't feel like they have, um, you know, the the status to to speak up like that. You know what I mean? But I, I guess my, my way of thinking is there, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? Right. But also... I haven't heard any indictment from MLB on, on Alonzo's comment. I haven't heard a response to Alonzo's comment. The Mets GM That's covered kind of, it up really quickly. He was like, oh, he? Okay. I don't really know what Pete's talking about. Like he Something like he should probably go. I forget if he said something like he should go take some more swings in the key. I forget. Something like that. I'm going to look it up Why you uh, okay. Why you keep talking. I, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> or do you not have anything? I thought, I thought you guys had something else. But no, all right. So I'll, I'll look it up in a, in a second here. So I don't know what more there is for people like you, me, you, and Andrew, the three of us to say, right? Because we don't have any power. We don't have any say in this. All we're asking for is a game that doesn't have a bunch of BS attached to it all the time. And I think you can argue that despite the crap hitting numbers across the league this year, there's been a lot of intrigue this year. And there's a handful of really good storylines 
that once again are not being talked about on the national stage because there's BS. And yes, it's going up against like NBA playoffs, but, and we know that's a conversation thing more so than even like a TV rating thing. But yeah, once should, again, the MLB has talking about, you know, we should be talking about Shohei Otani versus Vlad Guerrero for 100%. the AL MVP race. We should be talking about, um, you know, uh, DeGrom. Oh my God. And the, Tatis and the, the ridiculous missing and Tatis. a week and a half and still leading the league in every stat. Like, yeah, it's there's you know, there's it's so many awesome storylines right now that are, once again are just being put on the back burner. And yes, I get that like baseball doesn't lend itself to first take anymore. Just the the way the sport works, the everyday nature, you know, those particular hosts of first take, they're not watching baseball every night, I'm sure of it. So they're not talking about it. I get it. But there's an opportunity to use this wealth of stars and exciting players in the league right now. And it's being put to no use. And last year it was the Astros hangover thing. That was the biggest story. And should you throw at somebody or should you flip your bat? And this year it's again, it's some BS about the balls. It's about the, the spider tack and we're not talking about the product again. So it's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, and, and they did. And they shot themselves in the foot last year too, with the negotiations on how to start the season and, but again, that became the storyline instead of, you know, them taking the spotlight during a pandemic and could have brought, you know, so many more eyeballs to the to the sport. They just consistently shoot themselves in the foot. Manfred consistently shoots the sport in the foot every single time he has the opportunity to actually uplift the game. And it's just so frustrating as someone who absolutely loves the game of baseball, like uh, that watches every single day. And it's just like, I, I can't believe that I'm so I'm so invested in something run by such like a the shittiest person like imaginable. It's just uh, it's 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 hard to believe. And I I have the uh, the quote from the GM. Uh, so mm-hmm. Pete Alonso said his piece about the free agency concept here, and the GM that said quote I didn't know Pete was a conspiracy theorist. End quote. Scott said with a laugh Friday before New York opened a series against San Diego. He went on to say quote the team. The way teams of uh, value and evaluate performance is relative to levels. So we're not going to be fooled by offense when it's way up or way down. We're going to look at players about relative to how the league is playing. So it would have no influence on how uh, players are valued or paid. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, I agree. Like I didn't know Pete was a conspiracy theorist. He's probably trying to downplay it. Pete probably is a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here, but I don't know. What do you guys think about the second part of that, which has more substance, if you will. No, it makes makes total sense, you know. Like I, I, I think there's enough analytically inclined people running baseball that they're, you know, no one's going to get fooled by a Brady Anderson 54 home run season and think that's the guy who he is. You know, everyone's going to. I don't know account. about that because every, well, I mean, every every year there's a con. Whenever it's a contract year for a player, you get paid off that contract year. You ab- Shinsu Chu. absolutely a- what? Shinsu Chu, baby. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I I couldn't disagree more because ever whenever there's a contract year, you get paid off that contract year. You don't get paid off the six years prior. You get paid off what you did in the last year. That's so that 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 sounds like a lot of um a lot of BS to me because uh, it, it, the reality of the situation is you're going to get paid off of your last year's performance in a contract year. I think I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I I heavily I'm discounting that at all, but I think I think there's enough t- uh, enough smart people running the front office where they, you know, they take that into account, but the, you know, obviously baseball, they, you know, GMs hand out bad contracts all the time. Yeah. Um, 
you know, look at like Jed Lowry and the and the Mets. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it's all right. The Mets are nice. on top right now. You can you can take your low blows while you get the chance. It's like, but no, you know, yeah, you're right. Something like that. You GMs know, religiously bad, bad contracts like that, but you know, I I think that teams take into account the those certain things, or at least the smarter teams do. Yeah, I was gonna say GMs religiously make mess ups, and good GMs make good moves, and bad GMs make bad moves, and then occasionally bad GMs make a good move. And occasionally good ones make a bad move, right? That's yeah. just going to happen no matter what. So yeah. yeah, in regard to that specific comment, I think we said, we said our piece. And uh, in regards to the whole thing, I just hope they clean it up and you protect your pitchers because goddamn, if one or two or three more pitchers over the next week end up getting injured, like Tyler Glass now described, those guys in in the league office are going to have their hands full. It's already full. It's going to be hey, even more. Degrom full. got hurt today too. Who, who yeah. knows if that had anything to do with it? Uh, the, the weird thing about Degrom, and this will segue us into our our conversation. Uh, that was a pro segue by me, by the way. It, it was. Hey. And, like, did you see how many Mets players like rushed to Twitter and was like, Degrom doesn't use anything? No, he doesn't. Well, if you look at his spin rates, his um, you know, historically, they had, they have gone up, but they've gone up exponentially as his velocity increased. There's not there's not been a a crazy spike as his um, you know, velocity has gone up. It's it's been it's been equal. Right. So I don't think Degrom is one of those people that was just using you know spider tack or whatever is just probably using the regular regular rosin or right. whatever else. There hasn't been a spike though in his. Sure. But if, if he's using, if he's using rosin and sunscreen like Glasnow was, and then he had to go cold Turkey on it. I mean, that yeah. guy, guy already seemed to be like hanging on by a thread this season with the culmination of smaller injuries that, that poured on. I mean, you know, as soon as that happens, I, I guess, you know, this is just something to add to the sample size. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. And, you know, DeGrom has had like a little couple little minor things leading up to this start. So who knows? Uh, we'll never know, perhaps. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Uh, but that leads us to, to our conversation. This is Subway Sports Talk. Let's regroup here. Um, let's get all our balls in order. Bang, bang. Um, and talk about actual baseball here. So we got the Mets. We got the Yankees. I tend to do this with you guys because I think it's a good exercise to kind of start it off. Like, Who do you think deserves to be talked about first here? Because it's a conversation I hear when I listen to local radio occasionally. It's like a Mets fan will call in and be like, we get no love, like no one cares and we're good. And it's like, all right, well, you're being silly because clearly, you know, fans love misery and misery sells. And if the Yankees are playing bad, it's more fun to be miserable about the Yankees than it is to talk about, oh, the Mets are doing pretty solid right now. So what do you guys make of that right now? What's more interesting to you? Obviously, you guys are Yankee fans, but take that cap off for a second or leave it on. I don't really care. What do you want to talk about first? What's more pressing to talk about right now? So it's very easy to go negative uh, to talk about that. But um, I, I think the more interesting thing is to talk about basically how the Mets and the Yankees have done this like role reversal, especially for the last couple of years. Like the Mets are the, the heavily injured team with, you know, guys that are just contributing uh, no name, you know, pickups that are just uh, playing over their heads and carrying the team. Uh, despite the the some ever surmounting injuries and the Yankees are the relatively healthy team that are just um, they're really underperforming on almost every aspect of uh, of the game. So it's uh, just a very interesting role reversal. It's very easy to go negative, uh, but I, I honestly think we should go positive and, and talk about the Mets first before um, we rant about uh, the Yankees and how they absolutely fucked themselves in the last two weeks. <laughs> 
Uh, Alec, do you agree or disagree? Because I, I, I kind of, uh, yeah, I, you agree? You, uh, yeah, I'm probably going okay. with the Mets, man. It's, it's exciting. The way I'm, uh, the way I look at it too, and I'll, 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 I'll agree. We'll go Mets first. I think, and this is part of the point. I think there's less to say about the Mets. Like you just said four lines about the Mets right now. And unless we start going into stats and what we love about particular players, which we're going to do in a minute, like that kind of sums it up. This team is banged up as hell. There's specific important guys out for a long time. And there's just depth pieces and pro veterans. There's like six of them who have made impacts positively for the Mets. And it's always like kind of somebody new. One day it's Pilar. One day it's Villar. Now we got Giorme's back in the mix here. We had Billy McKinney action. And they're just playing inspired baseball. There's not many better ways to say it. And when you get into the conversation of like analytics is killing baseball, it's this and that. It's like, no, no, no. This is the moment in time where you don't care about that. And you say analytics, like, yes, of course it's affecting and it's positive in, in ways and it could be negative in ways. When you watch a team like the Mets, you just don't care about it. You care about the effort and the energy because you watch somebody get a double and the whole bench is absolutely jacked up for that guy. And it's exciting. It's fun to watch. And you never think they're out of it. And that, and then on top of all that stuff of them working hard and playing hard, having fun, kind of taking on the personality of the guy hitting 200 for most of the season, even throughout all the struggles, Francisco Lindor has kept that energy high. Now he's hitting, they're playing even better. And the scariest part of the team, the bullpen, has kept their shit together. Led by Edwin Diaz, who's been pretty damn good. So it is exciting. I just kind of said my piece. How do you guys feel about this Mets team right now? Because, like, th- there's a lot of positive energy in the air. Do you have to knock them down a peg, or is it warranted? No, you got to be hyped. I mean, ultimately, like like it was said before, there, there's guys playing over their heads right now, right? There's the Brandon Drury's, the Billy McKinney's, the Jose Peraza's and whatnot. Nobody – I never thought the the ERs, uh, the Kevin Pillar and the and, and, uh, and Villar uh, were bad players. I thought those were good pickups. But, you know, the other guys – they weathered the storm, right? And now you're getting Pete Alonso playing to the back of his baseball card, which is exciting. Don Smith is playing, is really been ramping up again lately. You're getting guys like Seth Lugo back. Uh, McNeil is on his way, and they weather the storm, and they're getting hot at the. Their their guys are getting hot at the right time, including obviously Lindor too. Obviously, you worry about Degrom. Um, you know, I don't really have much to say until we find out what's going on with that that shoulder soreness, but. Uh, you have guys like Taiwan Walker, who, if it wasn't for Jacob Degrom, would be up for a Cy Young this year, probably at the end of the year. So it's exciting, and, and you're getting guys that are playing above their contract, playing to the back of their baseball cards for the the, the veteran guys or the guys that are good. Um, and the energy is is awesome. Like they 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 just don't look defeated at any at any point. And they're putting up runs too. They're they're getting plenty of games where they're putting up like 11, 12 runs too, which is exciting. So um, I don't know. I, I know it's not a really like there's not much you could really dive into on a good team that's just playing well, but it's exciting to watch, especially for, you know, a guy like me who's been watching both teams pretty regularly. And one team has been just absolutely garbage and deflating and boring bad. So. Yeah. And, and that bullpen too, they've been, the, they've been relying so much on the bullpen. So I'm looking at their usage from the last like six days that Aaron loops pitched uh, for the last six games. Uh, Castro's pitched a ton uh, Seth Lugo's pitched uh, for the last six games. Same with Diaz. Like they're they are leaning so hard on 
a bullpen that's usually the the suspect of of the Mets and man they they have come through um you know outside of uh Drew Smith hiccups and you know Familia getting lit up when um you know kind of uh uh Rojas was uh was desperate the other day um you know and trying to pitch trying to get two outs out of two innings out of Familia um you know, when everybody else was kind of gassed, but aside from those kind of hiccups there, that like the bullpen has been, been nails and uh, it, it's really encouraging to see. And, you know, obviously we need to pray, pray for the best for DeGrom and see what the MRI shows, but uh, you know, th- those top three in that rotation, plus that bullpen, plus like the sticks, you know, those, those scrappy guys just putting up runs in the lab. It's just, it just makes them so much more fun to watch than the Yankees right now. And um, you know, I tune in I you know I'm a Yankees fan first but you know I I I will lie and say that I don't tune into the Mets you know in the in those middle innings where it's just so boring to watch uh you know the Yankees offensive struggle so um there's that well now I'm nervous because you guys are just way too positive and now I I was positive now we got three positives for for the Mets here and and that's when you get nervous look at that division lead how could you not be no I'm kidding I'm, I'm obviously being a little bit jokey because you know if you're a Mets fan once things are really looking good that's when you start getting nervous like this run here where you know they've won eight out of ten now uh and there's still guys injured it's kind of like you're on a high and there's going to be this point where you like sneakily just lose like a three out of four to the Marlins or something like that like and you're just going to be like oh man wait is this what real life is actually like like that's going to happen at some point but what's exciting about this team which all we just touched on those types of bad runs that happened to every team in every single season because it's a long-ass season, it doesn't seem like it'll crush their spirits to a point where it's going to be a detriment on their season. And I, I think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, and I'm looking at um, their Fangraph's uh, playoff probability right now. So they started the season right now uh, to win the AL East. They had a 57.8% chance uh, to win the NL East. And that was the highest, uh, going into the season. Now, uh, at this current date, they're at an 86.1% chance to win the division to make the play. And the, the lowest it's ever dipped right now is 58%. And the highest, the Braves, uh, any other teams come close to for playoff odds or winning the division is the, uh, looks like Atlanta on May 25th was at 26%. So like the Mets, comfortably, the projections have have, have, uh, have paid off for the Mets and even their playoff odds. They, again, they're to make the playoffs. They started off the year at eighty two percent, and you know they struggled a little bit, but now they're at a ninety percent uh, chance to make the playoffs. And the next highest team to make the playoffs in the division is is the Phillies at thirteen point five percent. So, the you have to feel so so good as a Met fan um and feel great about the team that even though they've had those bumps and rolls and that they've had those injuries that they're still you know they're, they're almost guaranteed to make the i don't oh, even want to say that i, don't I just fucking jinx this Jeez, why would you I say just, that oh it's oh it's almost a lock uh-huh. it's a very a very high probability that they that that not only that they will win the playoffs that they will win the division yeah it's great and you're right and i'm i'm you know we're not going to do the whole superstitious you know thing here but uh they're, they're only doing a little, well. I'm only a little stitious. You're only a little stitious. <laughs> and I'm not particularly stitious or super. So I just kind of take it as it comes. And, you know, there's a chance that they do, you know, kind of start to fumble a little bit. But you think if there's a fumble coming, it's kind of like when the NBA team, you know, their bench goes on a run and you're like, oh, just leave the bench unit in. Like they're crushing it. And then all of a sudden the bench unit comes back to earth 
and their lead that they just got is now back to zero. So you need to make that switch back, and you hope, say the Mets do slow down at some point in the next week or two, that's when these guys start coming back from injury and they get the boost back up because then there's a chance for them to kind of consistently ride this this 10-game above 500 lifestyle where they are um, a, a strong player in the NL East. Um, what was I, I was going to say one more thing. I was, oh, I was going to say about the relievers because that's been a contention point for Mets fans their entire lives. No matter how old you are, if you're a Mets fan, the bullpen's been an issue forever. Trevor May is a guy who's in, in ways and by statistics has struggled a little bit more than, than most of the other guys in the pen. And even he, at this point in time, you feel okay about. And I think that's important for Mets fans. It's like, what confidence level do you have when it's the seventh inning and it's a three-run game? Because for years and years and years, it was just expected that that can go away in two seconds. And now, with all these guys, even their worst guy, you feel decent about. And that's fantastic. Now, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about uh, any particulars. I do have the one thing about Jacob deGrom that I think everybody needs to hear if they haven't already. So should I just go with that now? Yeah, go for it. So, and you guys know this better than me, about ERA+. plus. Now, are you guys aware of Jacob deGrom's ERA plus right now? I know it's, I know it's very high. It's yeah. in the six hundred. It's in the six hundreds. Yes. So now, correct. It's, Isn't he like three hundred points higher than the next highest person? It's it's like three hundred points higher than the next highest person, and the next highest person's like a closer who pitches way less innings. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Paul Hembakitis Hembo from ESPN put out a, a tweet, and he was kind of being general. He was like, you know, an ADR of ERA plus is kind of meh. A hundred is average. A hundred and forty is like really really good. Jacob Degrom is a six hundred and eighty. <laughs> like yeah. when you when you see that, when you hear it, when you see that he also batted in two runs on the night as a hitter, you're just yeah, like, he's, is this he's man dri- human? Yeah, he's driven in five runs and he's given up four. That that must be more now because he got more also, RBIs. Pete, never go into a conversation when somebody just got injured and say. Here's the news we all need to hear about Jacob Degrom. Oh yeah, because that's I true. thought he was gonna—he had like a torn ACL or something like that. Yeah, scared the yeah. shit out of me. That's fair. That's fair. That's kind of like when um, Andrew texted us, "Uh oh," about something. Yeah. the, the other yeah, day. Yeah, Drew texted <laughs> us, "Uh oh," because like it was like a strike called like a foot outside of the zone or something like that. I thought it was like 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 Stanton tore his, his meniscus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Stanton like grounded out with the guy on the third with, <laughs> with, with the bait, like in the first inning. He's like, oh, we're like, oh no, did he break his leg? <laughs> so I just did the same thing back and that's my, that's on Also, me. just just for the fans, because I, I, I'm also, I, I get some of my advanced analytics confused. ERA plus is when it accounts for ballparks, right? Yes, that's yeah. ballpark adjusted. Yeah, that got gotcha. So if and and, oh, go ahead. and I guess the last the last thing I'll say about the Mets is that you know you kind of brought this up before is that you know that as as well as these replacement players are playing, um, you know when Conforto comes back and I know he's getting close to rehab assignment. Same with McNeil and same with I think the only person that's not close to starting their rehab assignment is JD Davis. I think he's got yep. a couple more weeks um, to go. But when those guys come back, you have to put them back into the starting lineup. Um, you know, if, yeah, as well as those guys are performing again, you can't expect them to continue playing at that level, much like Kyle Higashioka earlier in the season when he was, uh, 
Yeah, thank you. I, I was teeing that one up. When when he was playing so well, where I was getting ridiculed by the SST uh, fan base about every time we'd hit a home run, I get the same the same jerk messaging me on Instagram saying, "Oh, Kyle Higashioka, he's doing so well." Keep and then doing what, that. And then, Keep and doing then, that. <laughs> and then what happened? The second he got more playing time, he crashed back down to earth. You know, those guys are only going to play above their heads for so long before the reinforcements come back. And that's the important part for the Mets is that they do get those reinforcements back and then they do make um, other upgrades at the trading deadline. Um, but again, you can't you can't expect those guys like a like a Kyle Gashioka and like a Kevin Plar, like a Billy McKinney, like, a you know, those guys to play above their heads for for so long. You know, they're they're going to have to you know go back to the reserve spot. And then and I'm sure Rojas will pick and choose and put those guys in the best position to win. Um, you know, he's done, a, he's, done a really good, he's done a really good job with that uh, with that Mets lineup so far, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the luxury of being in the National League, right? You, now you have these guys with some confidence that can come in to pinch hit for a pitcher or, you know, do, do some defensive shifts and come in and not worry about it because they've had the regular playing time, they've gotten into a groove, and now your bench unit just gets that much better, uh, you know, whereas when the Yankees did that a couple of years ago and they had the replacements, then, you know, you have a Mike Ford who goes back on the bench for, for essentially a year and a half, and then he's garbage because, he, you know, he's just had no, no more confidence or whatever you want to call it. So the luxury of the National League is those guys are still going to get at-bats. They're still going to get playing time, and now they have some confidence that's going to hopefully lead to more, you know, positivity going forward. I appreciate you making me feel better about not having a DH, but I would much rather those guys just have batting in the DH spot. Still, yeah, but we live within the world that we live in. That's fair, <laughs> and that's why I do appreciate you. I just needed to say that. Um, great segue by you, Andrew. So the Mets will leave off. They're ten games over five hundred. We feel really good about it. It's obviously not a walk in the park because things can change, and that's how we're going to segue right now. You did the job for me. Higashioka to Sanchez. Sanchez looks like he's back. The Mets look like they're it right now. They can struggle moving forward, and that 86% chance to make the playoffs can start going down, down, down. Right now, you can tell me, and I think you're about to, Andrew, that the Yankees' chances to make the playoffs are not where you expected them to be. In fact, they got to play at a really, really solid pace for the rest of the season to get where they want to be. But things can change, and things can flip. So, Andrew, give it to me, because I know you got the stats for us. So the, the Yankees started off the year with uh, uh, beginning of the season, 91.3% um, uh, odds to make just to, just to make the playoffs. Um, and it topped up at 92% on May 23rd when they swept the White Sox. Uh, since then, they've gone seven and 13 in their last 20. That's including the last two wins against the Blue Jays and has sunk their playoff odds uh, to a whopping 49.4%. Um, so it, in other words, um, it, it, the American league, the last, I think the last three years, uh, 20, 2018 to 20 or 2017 to 2019, the average American league team that's made the playoffs has had like 93 wins, uh, in order for the Yankees to get there now, um, they're going to have to play at a, a hundred win pace to get, uh, to get there and just, you know. It just doesn't seem that seems like a big task. They have to go 60 and 37 in their last 97 games to, and I feel like that's a, that's a lot to ask for from currently this team. Um, when you, so, when you say it, it like if that, it's, if it's, it, if it's, it, if it's it not, if it's not the offense, it's, it's been the pitching that's crawled down to earth and it has been the pitching. Then, you know, the, uh, you know, Chapman blew that game in Minnesota when you just, when you thought, 
uh, they're ready to sweep and get the momentum back. And then they go into Philadelphia and they just lay a bunch of goose eggs with just really inexplicable managerial decisions and it's base running. And it's uh, there's just a million things that are just going wrong for the Yankees. And I, these last two weeks have like really sunk their season. Um, and again, they went into the year, not just the, the, the favorites to, to, you know, to make the playoffs, the American league, they were the favorites in the, for the, for the AL East. And again, the their highest uh, probability, according to Fangraphs, was seventy eight point two percent going into the year to win the American League East, and now we're down to eighteen point three percent to to win the American League East in June. So it's it's very unlikely, um, unless there's some kind of serious turnaround and some serious uh, bolstering of the roster, um, that it, it's it's not going to end well for the Yankees this year. So, a couple of things like. I'm typically doom and gloom with the Yankees, uh, but but I, I I do I do feel like you've seen some really good signs lately, and I know that's hard to say with seven and thirteen and whatnot. We did beat on a, beat up on a bad team. That was important to do, and, and like you know they hadn't had those games where there was a ton of offense. They just had that Toronto game, not not today's game uh, of game two of that series. In case, I don't know when people are listening, but game one where they were down. Uh, pretty significantly and they came back and won that game and that's important to say you have players like Gary who are coming back to life DJ to an extent is starting to hit the ball better Glaber uh, you know he's been pretty solid uh, I wouldn't say he's doing he's being excellent or anything like that but he's been pretty solid and Judge has just been great all year um, you know that that's kind of getting he's an unsung hero because of players like Shohai and uh, um, and Vladdy and whatnot but Judge is having a fantastic year and, and there's that you know, the starting pitching has been laying a lot of goose eggs and uh, that's, uh, you know, hopefully gets a little bit better, but there are signs of life there that we didn't necessarily see, even when they were winning games, even when they had that like nine game winning streak or whatnot, when they had that nine game winning streak, they were winning games three to one, you know, two to two to nothing or something like that. Uh, it was largely based off of the fact that we had like 32 innings straight of uh, starting pitchers without giving up a run or something like that. But mm-hmm they are showing a little bit of who this team is. The long ball is coming, which is nice. That's a huge part of the, uh, of, of the makeup of this team. And also they still have a ton of games left against the division, a ton of games, particularly the Red Sox. And honestly, like that's really important because I think that, I think the Blue Jays are what they are. They're going to be a marginally above average team this year. Maybe they get better in the offseason with pitching or whatnot. But I don't think the Yankees are winning the division. I think that it's the Rays division to lose. And and you can still gain a lot of ground on the Red Sox and, get, and put yourself in a good position for the wild card. So I'm not like if you just kind of redefine what your expectations are of the season right now from where they were in the beginning and say, OK, well, I still think that they're going to make the playoffs and that could totally change. But you have two wild card spots. I would be kind of shocked if the Yankees don't manage to get one of those, especially because Brian Cashman it, it recently made a lot of comments. And I know that he, every deadline we've kind of whiffed for the past couple of years, but he seems pretty uh, set on adding some pieces uh, here that, that are going to make the team better. And I think that this is a season where there's a lot of players to be had that could really fit the team right now. And I don't want someone like a Joey Gallo, because I think we have enough Joey Gallos that are righties. Um, so that that is what it is. But you have Adam Frazier right now on, on the on the Pirates who can make a huge impact. He's a lefty. You have David Peralta, who's a lefty, who can make an impact. Charlie Blackman, who I know is having a down year, but 
maybe Yankee Stadium is the exact and the Yankees are the exact team and stadium that he needs to play in. Tom um, Marte. And, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of players out there that are exactly what we need and are available to be had. And we have plenty of players that we could trade away too. I, I don't think at this point anybody would be upset if we moved on from some of our, you know, prospects that that, that are just sitting around in AAA. If we have to make a big package that would include a Clint Frazier and an Estevan Florial or something like that to to get uh you know one of those low end lefty bats that are going to hit for contact to break up the bat the, the the lineup. I don't think I think that these are attainable players that they can they can easily get. Um, and I don't think the market the Yankees are going to have to be bidding against themselves to lose out on all of these guys. Right. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, the, the, the big question is, is whether or not they're willing to go over the luxury tax. So they're at currently um, looking at uh, baseball savant here and their payroll. Um, the Yankees are around five and a half million dollars under the luxury tax. And, and, and in, in order, I think they need, they need a starting caliber center fielder, they need a mid-rotation pitcher, and they probably need some middle infield depth that are better than Odor. And if I see him fucking bat two or three in the order again, I, I'll, I will punch Aaron <laughs> Boone through the television because it's just, it's just absurd. And that and that is what that was kind of my breaking point um, over the weekend in Philadelphia, where judges, you know, he's been dealing with lower body stuff all year and he you know he was scratched and John Carlos Stanton uh, for some reason they're not treating him like he's a professional athlete at this point and if there's ever a point in time where Stanton who who by the way played his entire fucking career in the National League before coming to the Yankees and played the outfield won an MVP hit 59 home runs can't stand in the outfield once a week you're telling me he he's that he gets hurt uh swinging uh, in the box four times again and running the base at 60 percent okay have him stand out in the outfield for, for in for five six innings against philadelphia when your uh offense is has been the 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 struggling point here i i that 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 literally was my breaking point you Stanton, who was just starting to come around, he was like six or 15 since coming off of the IL. And then he gets one at bat in four days to stay an off day on Friday. They, he got one at bat in the Saturday game. He didn't play Sunday. They were off on Monday. He gets, you're telling me this guy who, who does better when he gets more at bats, you, you give him one at bat in four days. It's just, it's just mismanagement uh, of players and, and lineup spots, just like to the max. And just like, I, I, I'm not one of those people who are the, they should fire the manager, but like, it's like, and, and I don't think ever replacing him with like Buckshaw Walter or something like that. I think that'd be the worst mistake the Yankees could possibly make, but like they really have to consider whether or not Aaron Boone is the guy to lead this team forward, especially if they decide if they do fall short and not make the playoffs this year. But, but my question with the Yankees right now is like, okay, Boone and I'm one of these people, but like, he's the easy target, right? He's the target that everyone's going to go to because he's the face of management for the team. Right. So, um, but where are the decisions coming from? Are they coming from Brian Cashman? Are they coming from ownership? I really don't know because I, I, I to, part of me, you know, wants to say, Oh, it's Brian Cashman making a decision in his analytics department. If that's the case, then maybe Brian Cashman needs to be on the hot seat, but 
the luxury tax directive does not seem like it's coming from Brian Cashman, right? It's coming no. from ownership at that point. So if that's it, then the, then it's entirely on ownership for the construction of this team, because I don't think Brian Cashman would likes to be, uh, you know, handcuffed and, and taken and have the bat taken out of his hand so that he has to, you know, work within uh, the luxury tax constraints. So uh, nobody's talking about really ownership. There, there, there's a lot of scapegoats for it. There's, there's, it's mostly Boone. It's, and for me, I also put plenty of blame on the players because they look dejected yeah. out there. But, but, you know, there doesn't seem to be a clubhouse guy, right? You, you, all the clubhouse guys have gone and uh, gone by the wayside outside of Brett Gardner, who doesn't really, I can't imagine, holds a lot of weight in the in the, uh, in, in the clubhouse anymore. You don't have CC Sabathia anymore, somebody that can get the guys going. And as much as I love Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Garrett Cole actually seems pretty anti-team a lot of the, you know, mm. a lot of the way out there. So, you, see, you see his uh, face when uh, Gary Sanchez hit that home run today, like. He was, he was just like stone, like Hickey's like going crazy and dug everybody else. Like maybe it's because he was still pitching. Um, Probably. But like but he yeah. was, he looked fucking pissed when <laughs> Gary hit the home run. Like I got, I'm going to have to work with this guy more. He's just like, yeah, Ugh. he's just pissed. He has to throw to him. But yeah. I don't think Gary's had a bad year behind the plate. I, no, I, no, he I hasn't. He's been he fine. hasn't. I wouldn't so say stellar. I have, I have, I have a few things to say because I have heard a few callers. I don't listen to as much local radio as I used to, but I have heard a few callers who pull the George Steinbrenner would have never let this team get to this point. It's Hal's fault. So I have heard some of that, but what you take what you, what you want from callers, you know, callers can be pretty yeah, I, I don't really outrageous. Listen to the fan too much. Yeah. <laughs> this was on ESPN, believe it or not. It was going at Whatever. K. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Um, so I heard it a little bit, but I agree with you. And I'm going to make a surprising analogy here. It's going to be compared to basketball, believe it or not. Brian, Whoa. this one, it's really, I really think this one makes sense, though. Hear me out for a second. Go for it. Brian Cashman has a lot of similarities to Danny Ainge in Danny basketball. Danny Ainge. I knew you were going to say that. The Celtics and the Yankees are the same exact team. Couldn't agree more. Because, you know, they're known, like, when did the, the Celtics make their big boom? When they took in oh, the wait. three big stars. Well, I wasn't even talking about timeline, but yes, the timeline also adds up. Yankees won in 09, uh, Celtics won in 08. They haven't done anything since. They've been in a bunch of playoffs and done nothing. Conference finals out the ass. They've been every all the conference finals, and they can't get over the hump. And to a, bo- a boatload of organizations, the past five years of the Celtics franchise and the past five years of the Yankee franchise are incredible successes. But the Celtics have the most championships in the NBA. The Yankees have the most championships in the MLB, and they're held to a higher standard. And you're perfectly correct, Alec. Brian Cashman is not trying to stay under the luxury tax to challenge himself. Like he's not, he's not doing it just to make it harder to prove to himself that he's the best GM out there. There's a directive. But that all being said, he needs to look at his basketball counterpart, you know, guru GM who won't lose a trade in Danny and Ainge. step down? Well, <laughs> and mm. step down, maybe. But no, he doesn't have to do that. He needs to look at that and say, what can I do to avoid that? To avoid being kind of low-key pushed out. Now, granted, Ainge, may, he's a little older, I think. But Cashman would have 100 a, a jobs, and there's only 30 available. He'll have 100 job opportunities as soon as he loses this one, if he were to lose it or step down. But he needs to look at that and say, what can I do to change the tides here? Because there's so many times in these past three years where we're sitting here on this podcast, Yankee fans are talking all over the world saying, why didn't we go for this? Why didn't we go for that? Yeah, we went for Stanton. Yeah, the Celtics traded for Kyrie. Yeah, you got Garrett Cole. 
Yeah, the Celtics got Kemba Walker. But sometimes it's not enough. And sometimes your one move needs a bunch, bunch of supplemental moves. Or you need to make that one extra swing. And you got to risk it for the biscuit. Because right now, there's not a lot of risk in the Yankees' you know, overall hierarchy or their organizational lead. There's a lot of risk in the sense that they swing for the fences and that's about it. But in regards to the organization, they're not taking on a lot of risk. And the Adam Frazier thing or the Marte thing, or all the stuff that you kind of just pointed at before is an opportunity. It would be, I think, malpractice is fair to say. And I've been a huge Cashman supporter. I wish he ran my team for my whole life because, goddamn, I'd see a lot more playoff action in my life mm-hmm. if, he, if he was running the team. But if you want to make it to the championship, which they say every single year in the the uh, what's it called the state of the, the state of the union for the team, it's like oh it was a good season. Uh, and then, then the 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 host said, well, do you consider it a successful season? And they're like, well, there was some success to it, but uh, our ultimate goal is a championship. Well, then if it's an ultimate goal is the championship, let's do something about it. And this is the time because right now. If this team falls flat on their face again, there are even more question marks to be answered for the Yankees about what they're doing moving forward. What guys are actual cornerstone guys? Is it Judge and Stanton because the contract? Cole because the contract? And then everybody else is expendable and you're almost starting from scratch in a way? I think Cashman needs to look in the mirror and say, it's time for me to maybe lose the trade today because it might help us tomorrow. Because he's so afraid to get the the worst end of a trade in theory that he he doesn't seem to pull triggers and he doesn't seem to make the big splash like he's kind of been known for doing in his past. Well, in yeah. fairness, in fairness, he did sign Garrett Cole to right, a, right, a thirty thousand right. million year contract, and he and he did trade for Giancarlo Stanton. And it was, yeah, but you but, can't you well, can't stop there though. You can't. Well, I you agree. Have I was going to gonna say that's that. my point. Like baseball, yeah. one signing isn't the change. You don't sign Kevin Durant and walk to the the finals. Like, sure, you, you know but it doesn't also, work like it's that. It's also in validated by like nine times out of ten the players that everyone was screaming for the team to go after, even if they didn't get him. But like. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Trevor Bauer, whatever. They're all putting up outside of, you know, like on those other teams. Maybe not like a Patrick Corbett or something like that, which I know a lot of fans wanted because he's been hot garbage. But, um, you know, these are players that everyone wanted to have uh, and we didn't make competitive offers for out there. And you see them go elsewhere and, and look, look what they did in San Diego. San Diego overpaid a ton to get a bunch of players and then they built the foundation and they weren't good even with that foundation, but then they had their prospects that they traded for like the Tatises and everything like that. And then it works out. So you need to, you need to spend money and you're, you're essentially just wasting these still cheap contracts that you have for all of these younger guys that aren't going to be younger next year. Like next year, a lot of these guys are going to be up for, for new contracts. Uh, uh, you know, you're wasting Aaron judge, you're wasting Glaber Torres and, and things like that. And, and, you know, you have to. You, I, I just I agree with you is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and if, yeah. if today you're worried about the luxury tax and you have all these young guys on team friendly contracts, then tomorrow, and when I say tomorrow, I mean like the next year and the year after that. Do you think everything's going to change and all of a sudden the Yankees are going to be like, "Yep, we're going to fly over the luxury tax, like we're in it to win it." Like that's not going to just happen tomorrow. So it needs to be a, a more steady rise rather than maybe the biggest splash possible. And that's why when you said the name Adam Frazier, I was like, that one just lands for me because he can play everywhere. Y'all need help in multiple positions. And he's the lefty bat. Like he can be, you know, DJ LeMay, Hugh light, light obviously light, light, maybe perhaps because DJ has been so incredible, I, but that type I, of player. I'm just a, I'm a firm believer that 
I'm not saying the Yankees are a totally different team, but it fixes so many issues. I know this is oversimplifying it, but you get a lefty bat who can hit for contact to break up this lineup. You're going to have a lot more runs in the game. You're not going to get beat down by the Rays as much as you do when they just throw, you know, hard throwing righties at you as much. One guy like that would make a huge difference for this lineup. It opens up so much, so many more avenues for the rest of the team. And the Yankees have shown the ability to go over the luxury tax. It's just have their obsession with resetting it. This is the this is the second time in this championship in this core's championship window that they've cut payroll by by fifty plus million dollars from season to season. And you know who does and and the the question comes to me comes to who does Hal Steiner. Hal Steinbrenner want to be? Does he want to be James Dolan or does he want to be his father? Does he want to actually win something or does he want to be the inept person that absolutely does not give his team a chance to win? Because if they if if the mandate stays to not go over the luxury tax, there there's no help coming or there's no impact help coming. Adam Frazier will put them over the luxury tax, even unless they unless they could, uh, Brian Cashman can somehow trade Aaron Hicks or trade some of these guys that are making money. But, you know, you're going to have to attach high, you know, basically what they did with Adovino and attach a, a, a pretty good prospect um, to, to get his luxury to for them to, uh, another team to take on the money. So, again, it, it really comes down to ownership, for me and whether or not how sees that this, the ship is sinking and that, um, that they'll give Cashman uh, the free reign to, to make those moves as he sees fit. And the weirdest thing is that I just saw a commercial for Loki for uh, the, the superhero villain for a Hyundai, which is uh, wow. really interesting. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't really understand that. And it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, but I had to mention that to somebody because it was the weirdest <laughs> thing I saw all day. <laughs> that's, that's bizarre. That's weird. Wait, wait, is Loki driving the Hyundai? Sure is. It's not, it's is. not Tom. It's not, it's not like the actor Tom uh, Hiddleston. It's no, it's, it's the character Loki and he has the Tesseract from the Avengers uh, movie films, uh, <laughs> tosses it in the passenger seat and just drops away in a Hyundai. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's really odd. And it's definitely of all not the, of the, all the cars. It's definitely not the Matt Damon iteration of Loki in <laughs> Ragnarok. <laughs> nope. Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> That's crazy. Honestly, it'd be weirder if it was it'd be a lot rarer if it was, uh, if it was Matt Damon playing, <laughs> playing Loki. In I, I kind of wish it was now. That'd be fucking epic. That'd be so, <laughs> that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Um, all right. Well, to get, to get us back on topic, then what, what would be epic <laughs> What would be epic here if Hal Steinbrenner actually said, okay, we, this was the, the idea is to get under the luxury tack and not go over it for like a third straight year and reset it. But, you know, to see that clearly we can't be at the point of the season where we're just hoping for guys to get healthy and we're hoping for guys to start playing like the back of their baseball card. And, you know, you could see the holes on the team and, and allow Cashman to actually address the needs, um, uh, on the team and, and actually make meaningful impacts here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's and, just, it, it really comes down to ownership for, for me. I have one more thought, which is a question to you guys as fans mm-hmm. in theory. Right. And it's tough to, to really, really criticize because of the opportunities and the knocking at the door of the world series. That the Yankees have been at for a couple of years now, but in theory, would you trade kind of like what the Red Sox did and really go all in? and pay everybody 
to be epic, to be a true World Series favorite contender, to then have to, have to, a year or two later, like blow it up and kind of start from scratch. Because you look at the Red Sox are now, perhaps they're getting closer to good quicker than many expected a year or two ago, right? So as Yankee fans, would you consider that option? Like say, would you, basically, would you trade your soul for one ring if you knew it might lead to a real, real le- uh, rebuild? Or is this slow and steady wins the race thing they've been on for five years the way, the way to continue? Not just well, five years. They've been they've been on this eleven been on this thing for for twenty years, twelve or, or, years. Or, or, or for for since uh since oh nine. I don't know what year it is. Uh, <laughs> you know they they've been on this been time, on time this moves thing. different here. Boom! You know, another Loki reference. Yeah, there you go. Fire you know, do, 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 would you rather your team be consistently good? Because the Red Sox have won three championships since the Yankees won their last one. You know, and they've been bad and they've missed the playoffs. You know, and they've been they've actually had like legitimately like bad baseball teams, but they were able to build themselves back up and make trades and do all that. Do would you rather be consistently good and not win anything or would you rather be really good, win a bunch of World Series and then be bad for a little bit and then be back on the rise? Like, I think that I think it's a really I think it's a really easy call to to make. I think if you're you're being honest with yourself, Yankee fans, I think you rather the Red Sox model of the last. 11 years, 10, 11, 12 years, 2021. Yeah. Last 12 years. You'd rather have the Red Sox last 12 years than the Yankees last 12 years. Also the Red Sox didn't really blow it up for the, I know they sucked last year. That was largely in part to a lot of injuries. And I know they lost move. JD JD Martinez had a, was bad last year, but like, did you really expect him to be this bad, you know, that bad going forward? And you traded Mookie, you're not like I know it sounds crazy, but if you look at the numbers, you're not getting a lot of lot less production from Alex Verdugo. Alex Verdugo has been fantastic for them uh since since joining the Red Sox. Again, he's no Mookie, but he's still been fantastic. But outside of Mookie, they didn't really blow it up. They just let go of Mookie. They traded right. and they got a really good player back for him. So yeah, I mean, if if what I what I want them to trade a player if it meant you know one of our stars if it meant that we're winning a world series next year yeah i mean look what that happens all the time in sports you look at um i don't know you look at the the raptors a couple of years ago you think they have any 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 ill givings about sucking after Kawhi left no they're they're fine with it because they won the championship right yeah it's interesting and i mean now we're we're not there yet but we're going to approach very quickly uh, the time to make that trade, to make that move, that last push. So well, we're getting, one we're getting thing close. that I just want to mention. <clears throat> one thing I want to mention. Sorry to cut you off, Pete. No, you're good. But say so. It's always tough for like baseball to have a crappy season because there's nothing really you get out of it. It's not like you're going to get a Zion Williamson or something like that out of it. Right. Um. But ultimately, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs next year, they're still going to have a really, really good shot of making the playoffs next year. You mean right? th- this year just, to next year? Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's it's not like they're they're not like oh all of a sudden this team is 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 like the the Marlins for the past twenty years like this this is going to be the Yankees and maybe this is just a blip on the radar and they're still going to be a playoff team or a playoff contender next year nobody's going to deny that uh, they're going to have largely the same team going in I I can't think of anybody who's in a contract year this year uh, anybody that's of, of of import so um, outside of like uh, Corey Kluber which. You know, you live without Corey Kluber because he's probably not going to play for a lot of this time anyway. But yeah, so I I, I don't think that like it, it'll suck this year, but 
you deal with it because next year they'll be fine and still be probably favorites or, or uh, to, to make the play. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And that's a, that's a good way to end because with all this negativity we just shed on the team and how much we want them to do different and how much they can do different and how much more energy they need, it is important to note that despite them needing to play on a 100-win pace to get to their early season expectation, as we uh, considered earlier, they still have a very, very real chance to make the playoffs via the wild card. There's only three teams ahead of them right now. It's, uh, I believe, the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Indians. They're just a game or two behind uh, the Astros and Indians. And you can blink, and they can be in the wild card spot, you know, next week, two weeks from now. And that can happen, realistically, right? And if that happens, then you're in the dance, then you have a chance. And we've seen the Yankees do it before. We've seen many teams do it before. You kind of just need to get in. And if they're playing baseball the right way and, and positively towards the end of the year, it, it might just be a blip. And it might be a look back at this conversation and many conversations across the world of sports and Yankee fans saying, man, those couple months felt dark. What was that? Did that even happen? Was that real? Was COVID still like ramp, like rampaging through the world? Like what was going on there? And it's like, no, it was just a tough couple months. And they're back. And that could easily happen. A month from now, we can be feeling a lot better than we do today. Yeah, just I just hope they go for it because again, there's only so many years left of this championship window. You know, Judge is a free agent after next year. Gary Sanchez is a free agent after next year. You know, John Carl Stanton is 31 years old. He's in his prime. DJ LeMay, who's in his prime. Garrett Cole's in his prime. Um, you know, outside of uh, Jason Dominguez, there's not a whole lot of high end talent that's coming up through the farm system. So like this is this is it you know if they don't win a world series with this core now you know it's it it's it's bleak unless they can make some kind of trade or unless they can you know develop some more guys some especially on the position player side um you know so i feel like they they really have to go for it they really have to do what they can to 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 make the fans happy and and to to fulfill this this promise that um that this team has 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 come together since you know 2017 and surprised everybody you know they need to they need to do well on this on this on this uh promise and potential that they've had they need to it needs to pay off yeah it's good it's good stuff i think we i think we hit it all there uh, that was great uh, this might be the best baseball pod we've done all season easily and it's the first time the three of us are back in a minute is that right yeah, because Alec it's was doing a couple of Knicks basketball pods with me, and Andrew has you know steadied the ship from baseball stuff with me, and uh, Mike Bonfield is not on an episode today. He's been helping out, so this is the first time the designated hitters are back. The, the big three. Are I was since the beginning of the season. Yeah. No, we did we did a we did a pod with the Knicks and Yankees maybe like three weeks ago together. Yeah, probably. That's but, on, I'm that's putting the kibosh on that. The kai the kibosh. <laughs> Check the receipts. Uh, Check the receipts. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, maybe John Carlos Stanton could at least, you know, pull a James Harden out in the outfield and just jog around, you know, keep his legs warm, not get hurt again. It's it's right field. It's not that difficult. <laughs> I, I, I said that now because I wanted to bring it up earlier. Um, I was going to say maybe the field could help John Carlo stay loose a little bit. Maybe even just the jog out to right field will help him stay a little limber. You know, James Harden played 46 minutes on like a pulled hamstring and he was just jogging around and Grant Hill was like, listen, he's got a pulled hamstring. If he goes and sits on the bench for eight minutes, it's going to take him forever to get back in the game. Might as well just keep him out there. Let him keep jogging around. 
Maybe Stanton needs to you take never, a You never see, it. like, a guy in the dugout with, like, the Theragun like you see in a basketball game. Maybe yeah, like, on the, on the, more on stuff the stationary like bike in, in the, yeah, in the tunnel. Yeah, what's up with that? Where, where is that at? <laughs> I want John was, Carlo to do eight miles every game in, in the stationary bike in between innings. I mean, the dude, the dude is in, like, presumably incredible shape just by looking at him. I'm sure he, he can, like, stand to do a, a stationary he's bike a, for a little bit. He, he's a professional, again, he's a professional athlete. And you know he, he can he has to be able to play five innings in the field. It just it has to happen. It, it, like it, it blew my mind again. And uh, I'm checking the receipts for the last time we were all on together. It's April twentieth, twenty twenty one. So two months. Whatever, what? dude. I got a life outside of this podcast. What do you want from me? <laughs> like you're getting married or something. It's my game, and I dictate how I want my balls to be rubbed up. And if you didn't do a good job of rubbing the balls the way I wanted them and I didn't feel like I was comfortable, I was going to do whatever. Uh, and that's how we're going to end today's episode. That was great. Good yeah, job, guys. Beautiful. Good job, designated hitters. That was really good. I'm not even going to do last words. I'm just going to say, if you're not watching the Angels, because who's watching full Angels games, just make sure you see the highlights of this guy. Shohei hit monster dongs. Vlad Guerrero, monster dongs. Fernando Tatis, off the charts insane just keep an eye on some of these stars it's really fun even if you're not watching Wait, the I, games it's great I, I know i know i know you said we're not doing the last words yeah, but i'm just anyway. really curious since the angels are you know have shohei otani and and and, and mike <sighs> trout and whatnot what's their record this year are they are they doing well are they having like a good season i i i, I know they're not they're two games under oh. 500 I don't care about oh. that to be to be quite frank. It's actually funny when you go to like MLB Instagram if you follow their Instagram every time they post the show hey bomb the first like eight comments are like, "Well, you don't post anyone else and this team doesn't even win like they lost by 6. Why didn't you post uh, you know, Josh Donaldson's RBI double?" It's like, "Shut up." I want well, to see Josh show. Donaldson's on the Twins and they they, they stink even worse. Angels stink. <laughs> uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are not winners and that's my final word. Oh god, it's terrible. Uh, we're going, we're coming back soon. We got basketball still going on. Is there a game going on as we speak right now? Is there another game going on? Yeah. Clippies and the jazzies. Holy hell. What's the score? Let me check the score here real quick. 73 clippies and 70. Jazzies. Oh my God. We got a tight game. No Kawhi Leonard. We got Play banged up. We got banged up. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. We got no Mike Conley and we're still got. We got a close game here. I'm going to have to watch this fourth quarter. I'm going to get locked in, but, uh, for, An- for Alec Argento, for Andrew Kalanya, my name is Peter Kennedy. This has been Subway Sports Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know we did. We had a lot of fun on this one. Uh, now go watch Loki. Go watch Dave tomorrow on Hulu. Enjoy all that great television going on right now. But make sure you keep an eye on uh, these Mets and Yanks because some great games uh, for both sides coming up. And uh, we'll be back talking hoops, talking baseball throughout. Football is like, it's going to sneak up on us, ladies and gentlemen. I like to say that because it's going to be here in a blink. Summer's at, Summer's here. That means football's around the corner. We'll start talking Jets and Giants perhaps soon. That's exciting. All right, Subway Sports Talk. Thanks for listening. Cheers.